and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Adam Chalk, and I am here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings-on in professional wrestling, from shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Yes, hello and welcome to the WWE Monday Night Raw review. I hope you're all well. I'm interested to see what other people's views are on this show. For me, uh, it had a big black cloud hanging over it, I thought, with the news that Vince McMahon is back in office and can do what he wants with WWE and this kind of felt like he may have been back giving ideas at the very least to this show it it wasn't the best by any means it also felt like I was watching a Thunderdome era pandemic era Monday Night Raw the crowd was silent apart from the big, oh, oh, can they even call them the big stars? Big er stars like the Bloodline, like Seth Rollins. Other than that, this crowd was silent. Didn't care for anything. But let's get to it, shall we? Because we start off with the Usos and Solo Sokoa coming down to the ring. They addressed what they did to Kevin Owens on SmackDown. They then announced that Every member of the family will be there for a ceremony for the Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns next week on uh, Raw 30. They bring up having to defend the um, Raw Tag Team titles and beating the Judgment Day. I believe that's next week. Judgment Day then come to the ring because that's how it works in wrestling. Say somebody's name, they automatically appear. Rhea tells them they uh, the Judgment Day run the show. Balor thanks ex-con Dom for filling in last week. Priest asks, have you ever seen the bloodline coming for the Judgment Day? I wonder why. But Dom, Dominic, he smells why. Because he smells fear. Because the, the Usos are scared of them. Uh, the Usos run down the teams that they've beaten. Welcome to the Usos penitentiary, all that nonsense. Dom says, <laughs> in a, probably the best part of it all, to be honest, that uh, the Usos wouldn't last a minute in a cell with the prisoners he was in there with. In the pen, we called an Uso a wannabe SA, and the biggest wannabe is the street champ just stood there doing nothing. Solo walks forward, comes face to face with Dom, but Rhea steps in and gets in the face of Solo Sakura. Dom gets a cheap shot in and a big brawl breaks out as they go on out. Sorry, just before they go to a break. Just as Solo Sakura is about to hit Rhea Ripley, Mustafa Ali comes flying through the air, taking him out. This is when we go to a break. I'm into this. I never thought I would ever like Dominic Mysterio, certainly not as a baby face, I didn't, but as this version, 
I think he's really entertaining. Um, the eventual tag match should be great as well. The one problem I have is that it is two heel teams, so it will be interesting to see how that works and how the dynamic works and whether there's a situational babyface team. I know the Usos are over, so maybe it will be them. I kind of like the Ray Ripley solo Sokoa face-off as well, and I kind of want to see that. If they do go with Rhea being in the men's rumble at the weekend, um, well, rumble, obviously, not this weekend, the weekend after, I think that could be really interesting if we get that. But after a break, we did get Mustafa Ali versus Solo Sokoa. There was a Samoan drop by Solo early on, which meant he was in control of the match. Hit thrust in the corner. Uh, Ali come back with some drop kicks and a thrust kick of his own. Uh, Solo cut him off, though, with a big right hand as he attempted a dive to the outside. Then nails him with a big clothesline. Uh, Solo, though, misses another hip thrust in the corner, but does throw Ali into the ring post. The Usos arrive at this point and jump on the apron to celebrate. But Kevin Owens comes out to take them out. Ali hits a tornado DDT off the distraction, gets a two count. He then misses a 450 splash, and Solo nails him with a Samoan spike to win the match. As soon as the bell rings, Kevin Owens hits him with a stunner and then throws chairs at the Usos before the agents are all out to separate everything. I'm always impressed by Solo Sokoa on this main roster. Uh, and again, he looked great here, I thought. But Ali, once again, looked like a weak geek. Um, he's just being mugged off every week, I think. I like the fact that Owens was trying to get revenge for what happened on SmackDown. But if I'm going to be picky, where was he at the start of the show when the Usos came out first? Why wasn't he trying to get out then? Yeah, good stuff though. I, that is really just being picky. Uh, we get backstage with Bobby Lashley talking about the main event six-pack challenge thing. Um, we get a fantastic Cody Rhodes video where he announces that he's coming back for the Royal Rumble. Byron Saxton talks to Elias backstage. <coughs> Uh, he asks him about what his plans are for the Royal Rumble. MVP comes out of Adam Pierce's office and tells him just basically to piss off. <laughs> and um, he says, in there, in the office, is the winner of the 2023 Rumble or something. Says that Elias can have a match with that person. Uh, more on that later. Because first we got Street Profits versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin knees Montez Ford off the apron straight away. Uh, takes it to Dawkins. Ford gets tagged in and hits crossbody from the top rope. And a huge lariat to Cedric. Cedric though takes Ford out onto the apron and takes him out there. MVP walks down the ramp then. When we come back, Dawkins gets the hot tag. He hits flying back elbow, a spinning splash in the corner and a spine buster. Montez Ford goes up top, hits a frog splash, 
You think it's all over, but Cedric Alexander runs in, makes a save. Shelton hits a belly-to-belly off a top rope to Montez Ford. Our profits come back, though, and we get dives from Ford, one from Alexander and Angelo Dawkins. Back in the ring, MVP gets involved. Uh, Cedric hits a high knee off the assist from Shelton and Benjamin. But Dawkins reverses the pin and wins a match for the Street Profits. This is a little bit rushed for me, but still some great stuff in there. Um, Street Profits, I say every week. I really want to see them in singles runs. I think both could be mega stars, especially Montez Ford. But Dawkins is great as well. Uh, the whole Hurt Business stuff is not something I give a damn about at all. But WWE seem to care, so we'll see. I think if they do all get back together, that's the third time they've tried this. Give up while you're ahead, I say. Becky Lynch then makes her way through the crowd. Uh, she comes to the ring, calls out Bailey to the ring... Her and Damage Control then come out. Becky insults her a few times. Bailey says, you're bitter because I beat you and standing there with no friends. Uh, Becky says, Bailey peaked in 2015. Don't agree with that. Uh, Bailey talks about Becky taking everything that she should have had back in 2015 when she came up with the four horsewomen, or the other three of the four horsewomen anyway. Becky says all Bailey does is whine and complain. And then a steel cage match is made for next week between these two. Got to be honest, this is all a bit crap. Um, even though the match will probably be great because they're both great. Even if it is a WWE cage match, which I can't remember the last good cage match we've had. <clears throat> but yeah, this... Wasn't good at all. It's almost like they forgot each other's lines as well at one point. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is in backstage. And the whining bitch Mustafa Ali comes in and moans to him. And then smacks him and walks off. And that's that. Nothing else made of that at all. Really pointless. Elias then has his match. And it is against Omos. Elias... Throws some punches before getting a boot smashed into his face. Omos sends him into a ring post. MVP gets involved at this point. Uh, Elias goes to use his guitar, but Omos just headbutts him. He smashes him with, a, uh, sorry, smashes his guitar on the floor. Back in the ring, Elias hits some high knees, but Omos just grabs him, takes him up for the tree slam, and wins the match. I saw nothing new from any of this. I'm still bored every time Omos is on my screen. And Elias, to be honest. It's boring. I get why Omos is the guy that's going into the Rumble. He's the big guy. Somebody will eliminate him. They'll make it sound like a big thing, even though it isn't. Whatever. Byron Saxton is in backstage and he asks Adam Pearce about next week's show. Uh, Tazawa 
interrupts and says he wants to be in the Royal Rumble. Pierce says that he has to earn it. He can't just ask for it. Why then have people just been declaring themselves into the Royal Rumble the last couple of weeks? There is no consistency to any of this bollocks. That is the crap that Vince McMahon had been writing for years. It's so annoying when you get little things like this. And this is why I believe Vince is back writing it. I don't think Triple H is there necessarily head of creative. They can say what they want, but... Anyway, then we get Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio versus Alpha Academy. Gable tries to out-wrestle Priest early on, but that didn't really work. Otis came in and he ran through Damian Priest. After a break, Chad gets wiped out by Priest, though. A huge broken arrow got a two count. Dominic comes in, goes for a superplex, but he gets thrown off the top rope and Gable delivers a diving headbutt. Otis gets the hot tag and he just bounces bodies around. It's a world's strongest slam for two. He then does the caterpillar, sort of, because he didn't quite get up to do his elbow drop. He kind of just belly flopped onto Priest. He goes up to do his Vader bomb, but uh, on the outside, Gable belly to belly's Dom on the floor. Priest cuts off Otis. Hits South of Heaven from the second rope. Gable hits Priest with a rolling German. Dom comes in, but Gable snatches him up into an ankle lock. Ray Ripley distracts the referee. And this is when Damien Priest came in and hits South of Heaven on Gable. Dominic gets the pin and the Judgment Day win the match. This was actually good fun. And I kind of hope this is the start of the Alpha Academy babyface turn. I think there's a lot of miles in that if that's the way to go because the fans are into Otis. Uh, Judgment Day are always entertaining no matter what they do. And I thought Damien Priest had another great show in. He was great last week as well. Yeah, I like this one. EO Sky then took on Mia Yim. Or Meechin, or whatever the hell she's called. I don't think even WWE know. Uh, Yim throws some hard strikes, but gets hung up on the top rope. Shotgun dropkick by Sky, followed by a Meteora in the corner. Sky locks in a crossface, but Yim manages to escape by just trying to roll her up. Yim comes back with a neck breaker. And eventually, Mia Yim wins the match with an eat defeat. After the bell, Candice LeRae saves Mia Yim from an attack by Dakota Kai. Uh, I liked this match and the um, stuff that was in there. I thought it was okay. But it was played out to utter silence. Which, as I said earlier, shows the fans only care about the so-called big stars. It's such a shame because it just felt like being in the Thunderdome. Um, I think it deserved a lot more. You look at the fans there, sat in the first few rows, and just sat there, emotionless, as they were for most of the show, to be honest. And they were when Bianca Belair came out to make her return. She cut a promo 
uh, talking about missing the fans the last couple of weeks, sort of paused for a reaction and got nothing. Uh, she calls out Alexa Bliss, who does come out, of course. Alexa says that Bianca fears her because you just don't know what to expect from her. Bianca seems to challenge her to a match at the Rumble. Alexa escapes and a big old brawl breaks out. They fight out through the crowd. Bianca goes to KOD Alexa on the chairs, but Uncle Howdy is shown in like a... Um, well, in a doorway, I guess you say. Alexa turns it round, DDT's Bianca on the floor. And that was it. This was absolutely terrible. Um, again, there was not a sound from the fans. Un- Uncle Howdy looked like a fucking idiot. Just waving his hands around. This is crap. I do feel sorry for people like Bianca Belair, who is quality, but sent out there to do this, and the fans just don't give a toss. Maybe the fans should, but you got to you got to make the fans care. We then get Akira Tozawa versus Bronson Reed. Uh, Reed hits a belly to belly straight away. Tozawa tries to fight back, but just gets trucked by Bronson Reed. He hit a huge splash in the corner, as well as a weird, like, reverse crossbody thing. I, I don't even know what you call it, like a backsplash. Uh, Tozawa come back with some kicks and a Hurricane runner, followed by a suicide dive. Reed, though, caught Tozawa as he tried to flip dive off the apron, and he just powerbombed him into the barricade. He then trucked him with a shoulder block, rolls him in the ring, hits that big tsunami, and wins the match. Jesus Christ, did Bronson Reed look great. He also felt really dangerous as well, as he should. A guy that side should sort of make you feel worried for his opponent. Much more to come from Bronson Reed. Really like this as a squash match. Looking forward to his run. And then it is main event time. Somehow we've got there already. We've got there a lot quicker than Raw did. Um, and it was the six-pack challenge elimination match. Seth Rollins versus The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. The winner would get a shot at Austin Fury's United States title next week. Uh, Fury did come out and sit on commentary as well. After all the entrances, we come back from a break. Uh, Rollins and Balor are going at it in the ring. Miz and Dolph were outside, as well as Corbin and uh, Lashley. Miz backdrops Dolph into the timekeeper's area, but Dolph comes back with a tornado DDT on the floor. There's a gut buster by Rollins on the injured ribs of Finn Balor in the ring. There's a Tower of Doom spot orchestrated by Lashley. Uh, Dolph hits a Famouser on Lashley before Miz hits Skull Crushing Finale, but that only got a two count. Miz started doing his it kicks to Dolph and Finn, then locking in the figure four to Ziggler. Ziggler, though, reversed the pressure, rolling over to his belly, and that was enough for Rollins to come in, hit a curb stomp on the Miz, and eliminates him. 
After another break, Corbin and Finn are working together. Rollins takes out Balor, then spits water in the face of Austin Theory. Ziggler and Rollins then work together very briefly before Ziggler tries rolling him up. Uh, both Rollins and Balor do suicide dives as well as a big dive from Ziggler off the top rope. Ziggler hits a zigzag on Lashley, a super kick to Balor, but gets n- nailed with a pedigree from Seth Rollins to eliminate Dolph. Corbin hits Finn Balor with a deep six. Uh, Lashley hits a face buster DDT combo on Rollins and Balor. Uh, delayed vertical on Balor. Uh, MVP and Omos then come out to ringside. Corbin takes out Lashley. A corner drop kick and coup de grab by Balor on Lashley. But Rollins snuck in with a curb stomp and eliminates Finn Balor. Omos grabs Rollins and launches him into the commentary t- table. Uh, Corbin gets away from Rollins after just... Uh, sorry, from Omos. Uh, he rolls back in the ring, gets nailed by a big spear from Lashley and that eliminates Corbin. Theory then, for some reason, hits Lashley with the US title belt right in front of Omos. So Omos grabs him by the neck, but... Theory pulls him across the commentary table for Rollins to nail a curb stomp on Omos. He takes out Theory with a dive in off the commentary table. Um, MVP tries to get on the apron, but he gets nailed with a big thrust kick. He turns around, though, and gets nailed with a spear by Lashley, who pins him and wins the match. This was all pretty entertaining without being great. I thought Rollins looked good. He had a good showing. Uh, Balor sold those ribs brilliantly, I thought. Uh, Lashley looked like a beast, as he should. So everybody played their roles right. I do think um, the other three in the match sort of Looked a bit weak. I don't think Corbin did anything to excite. Um, Miz. Same old Miz really. Same old Ziggler as well. But the other three. Yeah, I thought were very good. And it, I believe now it's going to be. Um, Lashley versus. Austin Fury next week on Raw 30. Which looks like. A bit of a stacked show for. A, a, a Raw quite a few legends and icons being announced to come back road dog as well <laughs> um that's not even my joke by the way that's sean ross sap's joke i saw on on twitter but i'm stealing it and using it uh, <laughs> yeah that was raw <laughs> i thought it's pretty weak raw if i'm honest i don't think I don't think it's going to be anywhere near a Raw that I remember. Which is weird when you think it's only two weeks away from Royal Rumble. You think that they could have been doing qualifying matches, which looked like they were going to do when they put Top Dollar in one and Ricochet. But that's it. I'm pretty sure that's the only qualifier that I've seen. Certainly the only one that I remember. 
But that is your WWE Monday Night Raw review. And as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter as well. I am at Adam Chalkate on there. I'll be back tomorrow with the NXT review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.